Greetings, friends. Welcome back to the broadcast. I'm Sean. Website can be found at scriptureandprophecy.com. That's where you go to find the archives. That's where you go to support this mission of truth. Well, this morning, we are looking to start our week with some wisdom and some encouragement from the Psalms and from the book of Ecclesiastes. We're looking for or looking at Psalm 66 today, which has some important information in it, a, a verse that can be easily overlooked that demonstrates that actions matter, that sin will actually hinder prayer. And so we're going to be looking at that today. And then we're going to look at Ecclesiastes chapter 9. And uh, Ecclesiastes chapter 9 is really a view of the world's wrong standards of values. No shock to us, right? Uh, But Solomon's going to contrast that uh, for us. So lots of wisdom in here for us this morning. Let's open up our hearts and listen closely to Psalm 66 here because I think there's, I think there's some, uh, even though it's a short psalm, I think there's a lot of information here. I think there's a lot of wisdom here that could be easily overlooked if we're not careful. So let's have a look and I pray in the powerful name of Jesus that you will be blessed this morning. Let's start. Psalm 66, King James Bible. Here's what it says. Make a joyful noise unto God, all ye lands. Sing forth the honor of his name. Make his praise glorious. Say unto God, how terrible art thou in thy works. Thou in the greatness of thy power shall thy enemies submit themselves unto thee. By the way, a lot of times the King James Bible will use that word terrible. Well, it, it didn't mean what it means today in, stand, in modern English. Back then it meant, it was like this picture of being in awe or even being afraid because you're in such awe. It's having that fear and that reverence and applying honor and respect and and being astonished. Reverence. That's what it means. It doesn't mean terrible like what we think of terrible today. So verse 3 says, How terrible art thou in thy works. In other words, how in all we should be of your works, how much reverence we should have for your works, how much honor you deserve and respect you deserve because of your works, how fearful your works can be because they're so astonishing. That's what he's saying. Verse 4, All the earth shall worship thee and shall sing unto thee, and they shall sing to thy name, Selah. Come and see the works of God. He is terrible. In other words, he is to be feared. He is to receive honor and reverence. He is terrible in his doing towards the children of men. He turned the sea into dry land. They went through the flood on foot. There did we rejoice in him. He ruleth by power forever. His eyes behold the nation. Let not the rebellious exalt themselves. Selah. 
O bless our God, ye people, and make the voice of his praise to be heard, which holdeth our soul in life, and suffereth not our feet to be moved. For thou, O God, hast proved us, thou hast tried us as silver is tried. By the way, how is silver tried? Well, it goes through a very hot process, doesn't it? It's melted and then all the impurities separate from it. But it's through fire. Think about all the... the, the think about all the times in your life where you've been purified, right? It's usually through struggle or hard times. For thou, O God, hast proved us, thou hast tried us as silver is tried. Thou broughtest into the net, thou laidest affliction upon our loins. Thou hast caused men to ride over our heads. We went through fire and through water, but thou broughtest out into the valley, until into a wealthy place. I will go into thy house with burnt offerings. I will pay thee my vows which my lips have uttered and my mouth had spoken when I was in trouble. I will offer unto thee burnt sacrifices of fatlings with the incense of rams. I will offer bullocks with goats. Selah. Come and hear all ye that fear God, and I will declare what he hath done for my soul. I cried unto him with my mouth, and he was extolled with my tongue. If I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. But verily God hath heard me. He hath attended to the voice of my prayer. Blessed be God, which hath not turned away my prayer, nor his mercy from me. So that is Psalm 66, but there's... Oh, there's an important verse here. David says, If I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. Some, some translations say, If I cherish sin, if I cherish sin in my heart, if I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. Actions matter. Why? Because actions demonstrate what we truly believe, and this whole thing is about faith. Is it not? Read a commentary from Matthew Henry here on that on those verses. He says, We should declare unto those that fear God, those who have reverence for God, what he has done for our souls and how he has heard and answered our prayers, inviting them to join us in prayer and praise. This will turn our mutual comfort into the glory of God. We cannot share these spiritual privileges if we retain the love of sin in our hearts. Though we refrain from the gross practice Sin regarded in the heart will spoil the comfort and success of prayer. 
he breaks it down beautifully. He's saying we can't share the spiritual privileges that we receive. We can't have our prayers heard if we're retaining a love of sin in our hearts. And Matthew Henry goes on to say, you know, even if you're not practicing the sin, the fact that it's retained in your heart, you know, it's like this cherished thing. I really do love that thing. I know I'm not allowed to do it, and I'm trying to resist doing it, and, but man, I really, really, I'm really into that thing. That is a, is a prayer killer. So we have. So what do we pray when, if we have a struggle like that? Well, one of David's prayers is, God created me a clean heart and renew within me an upright spirit. Created me a clean heart, renew within me an upright spirit. Another prayer from David is, keep thy servant from presumptuous sin and let it not rule over me. Like you have to ask God, who's the only one who can, who can strengthen you past those sinful behaviors or even the, the sin that you're retaining in your heart. But if you're wondering, it's like, man, I pray and I pray and I pray and it's like I might as well be talking to the wall. Examine yourself. See if there be any cherished sin in your heart. Let me finish this commentary real quick. We cannot share these spiritual privileges if we retain the love of sin in our heart, though we refrain from the gross practice Sin, regarded in the heart, will spoil the comfort and success of prayer. For the sacrifice of the wicked is an abomination of the Lord. See, he's, Matthew Henry's comparing coming to God and praying, even though you have cherished sin in your heart, is the same as like a sacrifice brought into the temple by a wicked person. It's worthless, right? But... If the feeling of sin in the heart causes desires to be rid of it, if it be presence of one urging a demand, we know we must not, cannot comply with. This is an argument of sincerity. And when we pray in simplicity and godly sincerity, our prayers will be answered. This will Excite gratitude to him who hath not turned away our prayer, nor his mercy from us. It was not prayer that fetched the deliverance, but his mercy that sent it. That is the foundation of our hopes, the foundation of our comforts, and ought to be the matter of our praises. So that's the commentary from Matthew Henry. I hope uh, that that's pierced some hearts this morning should be very, very convicting to us all. And maybe that's the thing hindering our prayer life. And so we've got to work on getting that out of our heart. And the way we get it out of our heart is to, work, is to seek God for deliverance. All right. Let's transition here and go to Ecclesiastes chapter 9. A view of the world's wrong standard of values. <laughs> Something we're all familiar with in this day and age. Ecclesiastes chapter 9 verse 1. For all this I considered in my heart, even to declare all this, that the righteous and the wise and their works are in the hand of God. No man knoweth either love or hatred. 
by all that is before them. All things come alike to all. There is one event to the righteous and to the wicked, to the good and to the clean and to the unclean, to him that sacrifices and to him that sacrifices not. As is the good, so is the sinner. And he that sweareth as he that feareth an oath. This is an evil among all things that are done under the sun, that there is one event unto all, yea, also the heart of the sons of men is full of evil and madness in their heart while they are alive. And after that, they go to the dead. Please note, I mean, couldn't have said it better myself about modern day society. You see, there's nothing new, there's nothing new under the sun. Solomon says the heart of the sons of men is full of evil. And madness is in their hearts while they live, and then after that they go to the beat of the dead. I look at today's society and modern culture, and I think madness, absolute lunacy. The heart of man is so wicked, so evil. For to him that is joined to all living there is hope. For a living dog is better than a dead lion. For the living know that they shall die, but the dead know not anything. Neither have they any more a reward, for the memory of them is forgotten. Also their love and their hatred and their envy is now perished. Neither have they any more a portion forever in anything that is done under the sun. Go thy way, eat bread with joy, and drink thy wine with merry heart, for God now accepteth thy works." Let thy garments always be white, and let thy head lack no ointment. Live joyfully with the wife whom thou lovest all the days of thy life, of thy vanity, which he hath given thee under the sun all thy days of thy vanity. For that is thy portion in this life, and thy labor which thou takest under the sun. Solomon's saying it's all pointless. So enjoy the day, enjoy the time you have with your spouse. There's some wisdom to be had there. He says, "Live joyfully with thy wife." In other words, make good use of the time you have, because it's short, and a majority of it's vanity. Verse 10, Whatsoever thy hand findeth to do, do it with thy might. For there is no work, nor nor device, nor knowledge, nor wisdom in the grave whither thou goest. What's he saying? He's saying, whatever you do, do with all you have. Do it with your best effort. Give all you've got to it because time is short. And you're not going to live right here under this sun forever. Of course, we have eternity, right? But, you know, there's similar verses in the New Testament. Do everything as though you're doing it unto the Lord, right? Verse 11, I returned and saw under the sun that the race is not to the swift, nor the battle to the strong, neither yet bread to the wise, nor yet riches to men of understanding, nor yet favor to men of skill, but time and chance happeneth to them all. 
that's loaded. He's saying it's just chance. Some people fell into some things, good or bad. That's sobering. Verse 12. For man also knoweth not his time, as the fishes that are taken in an evil net, and as birds that are caught in the snare, so are the sons of men, snared in evil time, when it faileth suddenly upon them. I mean, that's definitely our world today, right? Like a snare, or like a net, we just happen to have fallen into an evil time. We were born into a time of great wickedness and evil, godlessness. But at the same time, you know, God directs all the steps. We've talked about how God knew you from the beginning, before the foundations of the earth. So for us, yes, this is an evil time, but we were appointed by God to be his ambassadors during this time in human history. And that's important. Verse 13, This wisdom have I also seen under the sun, and it seemed great unto me. There was a little city and a few men within it, and there came a great king against it, and besieged it, and built great bulwarks against it. Now there was found in it a poor wise man, and he by his wisdom delivered the city, yet no man remembered that same poor man. Then I said, Wisdom is better than strength. Nevertheless, the poor man's wisdom is despised, and his words are not heard. The words of wise men are heard and quiet more than the cry of him that ruleth among fools. Wisdom is better than weapons of war, but one sinner destroyeth much good. Wow. Powerful truth. Wisdom is heard and quiet. In other words, it's a lot easier to give wisdom in a quiet, um, more intimate setting. I think this setting that we're in right now is a good one. But if you try to speak to a crowd of godless, evil people, They'll just reject it right out of the gate. It'll just be pointless. It'll be, it's, what is, I'll just put it in Solomon's words. He says, the words of a wise man are heard and quiet more than the cry of him that ruleth among fools. The majority of the population, blind. Wisdom is better than weapons of war, but one sinner, just one sinner can destroyeth much good. Isn't that so true? Just one fool, just one wicked heart can corrupt and can destroy. And that's just the reality of the world we're living in. But the good news, my friends, this is not always going to be this way. There's coming a day when Messiah is going to rule the world with a rod of iron. And righteousness and holiness will be what's found all over the earth. I'm looking forward to that day. Before I close, just remember, if there's any 
cherish sin in your heart, you got to get it out. You got to get it out. You got to work on that thing. And you work on it with God, remember, because human effort it almost never succeeds. It's got to be God-empowered effort. So seek His face. Confess what's deep in your heart. Let him help you with it. I pray you've been encouraged this morning and strengthened. I hope these words have pierced your hearts and caused you to grow closer to God. Thank you for the great privilege and the opportunity that it is to do this podcast. I'm truly, truly honored and truly, truly blessed. Thank you to those of you who support it and make it possible week over week. It's far beyond what I deserve and it helps more than you could know. That's all I have for you this morning. Peace and grace be with you all, and until next time, God bless.